Well, there you are. Here I am. You've done it. You've reached another Trail Life podcast episode. Thank you very much for joining in. Uh, today's journey is a repeat offender. Um, we have got Joe Corsione on the show today, just kind of catching up. You know, it's been a minute since I've uh, had a chance to talk to Joe. And since the last time we have spoken, which I believe we were talking, oh, it's been at least two years. And I think that was stated in the podcast, but at this point, I cannot remember. Mr. Everyday Ultra podcast, coach, ultra runner, ultra run pacer. I mean, he's doing everything, anything and everything in the ultra space. Joe is doing it and, uh, he is doing it right. And I'm so proud of, uh, and happy for, for what he's doing in the community. So it's, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. It's great to catch up with them and, uh, yeah, have fun with this one. Thank you for uh, listening in and welcome back to the trail life. Mr. Joe Corsione. Jeff, what's up, man? There he is. How you doing, dude? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, man. Dude, how's my uh, how's my audio? I'm on kind of like a mobile podcast rig with a mic and portable and everything. So how does how does audio sound? Well, as long as people don't mind uh, listening to you being in the bathroom, it's totally cool. Does it sound like I'm in a bathroom? It, it, well, it looks like you're in a, it looks like you're in a urinal stall. No, dude, I'm in like, ah, I'm just in like a with phone it. booth. Yeah, man. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, it looks uh, like you're. It looks like you're in an airport bathroom stall doing a mobile podcast right now. Dude, so. pretty, pretty much is. Pretty much is. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty totally is, fine. It's it's all is good. The, is the audio good though? That's that's what yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's all good. It'll it'll suffice for my little small little podcast. It's okay. No, so. I so I. Uh, I had meant to come home, but the problem was, uh, so I, I'm at a conference right now. And then basically I was speaking on stage and it was like a logistical nightmare. We had to move things around. And then I looked at traffic. I was like, I'm not going to make it. So, uh, but I got like a little mic over here and, uh, yeah, just, <laughs> I, I packed in case of emergency. So, uh, well, it, you know what you're prepared. Let's just, let's just put it right there. You're, you're prepared. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, man. How are you doing though? Good to see you, man. I'm good. Good to see you. Uh, I am good. Just middle of trail running season here in San Diego and just getting, I got in the middle of trail running season, but I'm also getting ready for uh, my largest race coming up on Super Bowl Sunday, oh, which, is a, which is a, which is a road race. So a little bit something different with that, but we're now in the thick of like all the social media marketing and sponsorship activation and all that stuff with that event. So now I've got when I went from doing Colorado and San Diego trail organization, now I'm doing part uh, road logistics, now uh, trail logistics. So I'm kind of all over the place, but it's been good, man. The season's been good. The year's been good. And uh, numbers are always, always uh, doing really well here in San Diego. So I'm, I'm excited. So that's awesome, man. Well, congratulations. Yeah. And, and yeah, your biggest run coming up too in February, which is nice. And uh, that's exciting, man. Good for yeah, you. it's, it's a little different though, right? You know, I get a chance to do trails all the time and to step into the road running, uh, which is a way, way different as we both know, as far as the mentality of the runner, the way runners approach 
the events, even though it's a 10 K five K it's still this like night and day, as far as the, the way the trail runners look at everything. They're like, ah, you know, this is just, we're, we're going to have some fun. If we, if I, if I do great, awesome. If I don't, whatever, I had a great time out on the trails, right? That's kind of the mentality of the trail runner, as you know, whereas road running is like, need to have this, this, and this in place. And here we go, you know? <laughs> so oh I, I, I like the difference in, in the mentality of it sometimes, you know? So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It is like totally a different kind of like mindset. Cause it's, uh, yeah, the, the roadrunners are so used to being pampered and like, just, uh, oh, yeah. having all like the extra backstops and there was trail runners, like, Oh, like no toilet paper, like, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Not to take anything away from road racing. I was just, let's just put that out there. Right. Of course. <laughs> of course. We're not, that, we're not, just we're not bagging on the roadrunners right now. Yeah, we're just yeah. saying they're a little bit more pampered. That's it. For sure. That's all we're saying. Hundred <laughs> percent. Just a little bit more pampered. Are we live? By the way, are we? We're live. We're rolling, right? Dude, always be recording. Oh right? man. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's been fun. It's been a good year, and I'm thrilled to like be in the position that uh, that I am in, and and the company is in right now as far as the trail running series. So it's it's awesome, and it's it's only getting better. I mean, we've seen numbers. I've seen numbers go up across the board. Uh, for a lot of races, you know, just in, especially in trail running. Right. And it's, it's been really cool to, to see that and, and how everything has kind of just kept on going up and up and up. So I wanted to get you on because you're doing a little bit of everything, yeah. <laughs> whether it's running Havelina, pacing for Sally McRae at fucking two Moab two forty everyday ultra podcast. I see you're now an ultra coach as well. It's like, and you've got your regular job. And so it's, <laughs> so let's get on here and chat up a little bit. I, we haven't talked since I was looking, I think the last time you were on the show, the last time we really spoke was back in like early 2022, I think. Yeah. So, my gosh, man. So it's been, it's, it's been a minute. So there's been a lot that you've kind of taken on and done, done really well with as far as uh, your trail running and podcasts and stuff like that. So I figured hey. Let's get you on and let's let's catch up a little bit and see see where everything's going for you. So oh, I appreciate it, man. I'm honored, honored to be back on, man. Jeff, you're such a great guy and you do so much for the community. So when you asked, man, I it was a no brainer to say yes. Oh, thanks, man. I uh, appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. And I'm honored to be back on the show. Yeah. So let's. I don't want to make the entire show about Havelina, but I do want to hear how all that went because this is the second time that you mm-hmm. did this, right? Yep, two years in a row. Time. Yep, two years in a row. And you didn't unfortunately get to the goal that you wanted to right the you know the getting the ticket and everything else but what was what was the overall experience from this year's Havelina versus last year and what did you end up learning about this race a little bit more of that you could take that you're taking into your next event yeah, no, great question, man and yeah it was definitely a way different experience this year than last year so for context for the people listening. So last year at Havelina, and as Jeff kind of alluded to, like I've, I've been trying to go to get a golden ticket to go to Western States. And my whole kind of desire for that is I've just been on this progression of a journey from going from someone who wasn't running to, you know, someone who really, really wants to compete in the sport. Um, and not just from a level of like, self-validation or wanting to do anything for myself, I really want to show people and say, hey, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, whether it is running, business, anything else, you can always learn the skills and the strategies to help you get to where you need to be in life. Because 
for me, a monumental mindset shift for me was your abilities right now aren't fixed. You can always adapt them and improve them to get to the person you want to be. And so for me, um, going from someone who was very unathletic, not picked at, you know, pickup games in high school and everything like that to someone eventually who will get a golden ticket. I think that's such an inspiring story to write. So to me, it's more so than just the golden ticket or Western States. It's I really would just want to inspire people to say, like, if you got big goals, even if they are ginormous, and let me tell you, the golden ticket is, I mean, that's a it's big huge. goal. And yeah, it's, it's huge. And so, um, but how cool would that story be? Like, I, not just for me, but for other people who want to like reach for big goals. So that's the context of it. And Havelino was really last year, my first go at it. I did pretty well. I think of my own standards, like a top 10 male, uh, 1636 was my time. Like I was really, really proud of that, even though I didn't get the golden ticket. Cause that was such a progression this year. And then, but I made a lot of mistakes in that first race, tons of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I paced it terribly. Um, I didn't really, um, understand the concept of patience when it came to running as much. Um, yeah. and I made it my commitment to improve on what I did wrong in the past year um, so that when I did go to Javelina this year, I could capitalize it and get a golden ticket. Long story short, as you know, I I didn't get the golden ticket. And although I think I did really well in the areas that I improved on last year, um, I honestly just made some just really careless mistakes in terms of just forgetting simple, uh, you know, Rule number one is bring enough nutrition on you. Literally, I think the, the the whole kind of downfall of my race was before I went out, I didn't put in electrolyte tabs and enough nutrition in my belt. And so by the first loop, I was already behind. And it was literally yeah. just the thing of I was just so focused and locked in. I'm just getting out there that I completely forgot to just grab it off the table. And the lesson for me was like, you can do all the training. You can do all the, the strategies. You can have the best mindset yep. ever. But sometimes if you forget the minute details, it can cause you like the whole thing. So I say like sometimes the 1% can cost you the 99%. In that case, that's what it was. Um, And as frustrating and disappointing that was, I'm glad that I learned that lesson. And, you know, I think that's the cool thing about failure is like, yeah, it sucks. But like, man, you learn so much. Because so my my whole mantra with this kind of race to kind of wrap up a long-winded answer is, um, it was a big failure, but it equated an even bigger lesson that's going to help me eventually get the golden ticket. Now, are you, is this, is Havelina one of those events that you look at as a, like a, like a every year occurrence for you? You know, it, it's funny you ask that because I'm generally the kind of guy who I read, like, there's so much I want to do, so many different types of races, so many places, so many things that I want to commit myself to, but like so little time. So generally, like I kind of fall under the philosophy of like, if I do a race kind of like once, like I, it's a, it's going to take a lot for me to come back. So even coming back to Havelina this year was definitely mm-hmm. a lot for me to come back. But for me, I, I really wanted to get it right so that I did. And I went in with the intention being like, I'm probably going to do it this year and maybe take a, a break next year because I'll probably yeah. do well. But it's funny because literally at the last quarter of a mile of the race, as I was running through it, um, I had my friend videotape me and has it on video, but I remember just running and I remember looking at all the tents and I remember just looking at everything and I knew exactly what that meant. And I turned over to the camera and I said, I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> I, I so, remember that actually. I remember yeah. seeing that video on, on social. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a plan, but like, because things went the way they did this year, like that, yeah, it gets me motivated to come back next year. I don't know, like if I get the golden ticket, like at that race, I don't know if I'll continue to do it every year. I'm sure I'd love to do it again because it is such an awesome race. Like 
such a great race environment. I love it. Um, but I, I there's so much that I want to do and accomplish in the sport that like, you know, there, there's other things that come into play. So we'll see. So let's let, let's back up just a second here. So anybody who is listening in who is a trail runner but doesn't really follow the ultra side of things all that much in the western states and how you qualify for it um the the ticket or the you know the ticket that you can receive for western states uh you have to do so well in qualifying events what is is every is every event different as far as the qualification goes as far as the time your timing with it or is it, is it a place? What What is that that gives you that ticket, let's say, at Havelina? Mm, yeah, great question. So what they do is, um, with the exception of one race this year, um, for pretty much all the other races, um, what it is, is it takes the top two male and female of each race, and you get the entry into Golden uh, to Western States through the Golden Ticket. So if you place top two male or female, then you automatically get the right to a Golden Ticket. If for whatever reason you get the golden ticket and either you're already in Western States or you decide I don't want to run it, it actually defers down to the next person on the list and it can defer down as much to fifth place. If the fifth place person says they don't want it or they're already in States, then it just kind of goes up, you know, just doesn't go to anyone. Now, the only exception is Black Canyon 100K has three golden tickets this year. So mm-hmm. for each gender, so male and female both get three golden tickets, which um, is super cool to see. So um, yeah, it kind of varies. And Halloween is a unique one in that it's one of two 100 miler golden ticket events. So this one and uh, UTMB Thailand are both the 100 mile events. Every other event is 100K, um, which is interesting because I th- it was my first year diving into 100Ks this year. I actually went to Black Canyon 100K, which is a golden ticket event, yeah. um, had a rough race there. And then I went to Canyon's 100K, which is another golden ticket event. And I did even more miserable there um, <laughs> for various reasons. But uh Regardless with all that kind of stuff, um, you know, I I really love the 100 mile distance. I think for me, that's not only something that I think I have a better chance of succeeding at, but it's something that I love a lot more. I like the 100 mile distance a lot more. So if I was going to do a golden ticket like event going forward, I would prioritize Havelina and, you know, UTMB Thailand like sounds cool, too. I just, you know, would want to, you know, commit to flying all the way over to Thailand. Which I know. Doesn't sound bad, but, you know, you got to. You you got a budget for that kind of thing. Uh, just a little bit, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how did? Because uh, let's see, if I, my timeline is correct here, Moab two forty, then Havelina happened, right? So when and that's awesome. You had a chance to pay Sally and everything. I know you guys are friends and stuff. And I, I would assume having a chance to run with her, um, it you can have the opportunity to kind of pick her brain a little bit as you're, as you're going on, how many miles did you end up doing with Sally during 240? Um, and how to add on to that question, was there anything that you pulled, you know, running with her or pacing her that you were able to use at Havelina? And so funny enough, I, so I paced her at Moab 240, but even before that, so she did the grand slam of 200s this year. She, so did, she did. Yeah. Yeah. She did. She Coca-Dola. crushed it. Yeah, exactly. It. Won it. Uh, it was just incredible. So she did Cocodona, Tahoe 200, Bigfoot 200, yep. and Moab 240 all in one year. So even before Moab, I actually paced her at Bigfoot and I ended up yeah, pacing remember, that's her right. 100 miles. So I paced her for 100 miles at Bigfoot 200, <laughs> which was, that was easily 
hands down one of the best experiences of my life. And um, it was so just cool to just spend all the memories and see Sally just push through so much stuff out there. So that was kind of the first experience that I kind of had pacing. And then um, when Moab was coming up, um, you know, she reached out and said, Hey, do you want to pace again? And I said, absolutely. So at Moab, I paced her 70 miles to the finish. So the last 70 miles I paced with her. And there are so many lessons I learned from her. Cause like, oh my gosh, like for those who know Sally, uh, I mean, you know, just how not just tough she is, but resilient. And I think there's a big difference between like resilient and tough. And for her, she, to me, like embodies what it takes to be resilient, to go through the things that usually would make a lot of people crumble and quit and question why they're doing their things. And she has this resolve that just keeps going. So matter what, so like no matter what happens. And the one thing that uh, I'll never forget, the lesson that I'll always take away from it was we were coming into uh, the last aid station, uh, very last aid station at Moab, 18 miles to the finish. So she's in first place right now. The the person right behind her is, I think, around like four-ish miles behind her. So we have this second place female has been kind of like closing the gap a little bit on us. And I remember like, so she talks about this on her podcast episode too. She drank some water. She ended up like throwing up the water because she was having some stomach issues throughout. And uh, she looked at me and she's like, okay, we're going to hammer on here. And I remember just running and running with her. And she looks at me, you know, 228 miles in. And she looks at me and she basically says like, you know, the, the pain is worth the win right now. And I was like, wow, like that is so incredible because, um, a lot of the times when we're feeling pain out there and she was feeling so much pain, um, we generally think that like, you know, we want to stop or we want to spend more time at the aid station or we want to relax and take the gas off. But in that moment, she displayed the power of what it means for short-term suffering leads to long-term fulfillment. And what I've taken away from that is like, no matter how bad that I'm in pain, that will not equate to the fulfillment that I will get when I cross the finish line. And let me tell you, when I saw Sally cross that finish line, you can see it in her eyes. You can see the happiness. You can see the fulfillment. Even though I saw her, you know, go through so much over 70 miles, that yeah. was worth it for her win and experience, which is just amazing. Yeah. You kind of forget about what happened 70 miles ago when you get to that finish line. You're like, yeah, whatever. I don't, <laughs> that was like another lifetime ago almost. You're right. So, um, <laughs> uh, what, um, it, what do you have coming up as far as are you taking a little bit of time off from from the races now just to kind of recover and how how are you recovered now i mean typically those like 100k 100 mile races just beat the living shit out of people and so are you in that recovery state right now where you're like oh, i'll figure out cuz i think i saw on instagram you you haven't really even started getting back into running right now right you're still kind of taking that time off a little bit yeah, I have not ran since Javelina. So the last time I ran was a hundred mile run at Javelina. And, you know, it's funny last year when I did Javelina, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to do an off season. I'm going to take the time to recover. Cause I had been training for like a year yep. straight, really, really hard. And then I kind of got the bug and I was like, Oh, like black Canyon's coming up another shot for a golden ticket. And that's early February. So yeah. like, it's pretty close. And so with that, I barely, even had like a recovery period. I just went right back into training and basically have not been off the gas since. So I've gone pretty much two years with just heavy, heavy, heavy training. And, uh, you know, I think, I think for me as, as bad as I want to get out and run, I know the value of being able to take some time off and to really just get some time to like mentally reset and have some clarity around it. Mm -hmm. And on top of that too, like, I think, you know, you, 
as ultra runners, we spend so much time running throughout the season and everything like that. And sometimes, you know, we really want to do other things or other projects or start things up. Um, but, you know, we're out doing four hour long runs or we're running or we're kind of preparing nutrition or anything like that. And so sometimes like the other aspirations that we want to do in life, um, you know, can go on the back burner. And for me, I've always had this dream of like building my own business and like really, uh, you know, a coaching business. And so what I've just done is like, I told myself, I was like, I'm not even going to focus on running over these next two months. I'm going to focus on building this coaching business Mm -hmm. and just like, that's going to be like my running. Cause usually when I'm running, like besides like being a good uh, fiance to my partner, um, really running is like one of the top priorities in my life. Um, and so I've kind of put that priority on the back burner for at least the next two months and really focus on this coaching business. And so like, I always suggest an off season, not so much on like the recovery side, that's so important, but also like I, when I, even when I'm talking with my athletes, I always like to say, Hey, if you're in the off season, like, what are some things that you've really wanted to do like in your heart? Like, but like, you know, have not had the bandwidth to do like, go ahead and do that because I think what screws people up in the off season, even the taper is like the lack of running. And people are like, what do I do? Like, what do I do with this extra time? Yeah. And uh, I say you avoid the taper tantrums or the off season upsets mm. um, by basically having that other passion project and pouring fully into that. And then once you feel ready to run again, you run. So like my rule in the off season is, you know, if I don't feel like running, I'm not going to run. Whereas when I'm training, it's like, if I don't feel like running, I'm getting out there and running no matter what. So, um, I think it's, it's really good to have that break. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just really stoked on the coaching business right now because it's been going great and I've been loving it. And it's, uh, you know, working on another dream while the other dreams just, you know, taking, taking a little bit of a pause right now, which is totally okay. Yeah. First of all, congratulations, by the way. Um, you, you got engaged last year or earlier this year. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, last year, it, last year it feels, it feels like a shorter period, but yeah, we've been engaged for a long time. Thank Again, you. there's a, there's a lot that's happened with you since the last time we spoke. So yeah. congrats, congratulations. That's awesome. And, Thank you, um, <laughs> we still have yet to talk like you and I, I'd like to personally like to hear how your Greece trip went. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was literally a year ago. That was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. See, I, I, cause I had chatted with you a little bit about, about Greece and how we went last year too. So that'll be an off, off, yeah. off, uh, off air conversation that I'd like to have with you, but, um, yeah, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Um, so from a coaching perspective, this is kind of a good lead into, uh, coaching with you. Like what is like your main philosophy? Are you looking at, uh, are you working with, um, newbie trail runners or trail runners, road runners? Are you looking to like work with people that are more ultra based? Like what's your, what's your base clientele look like uh, as far as ideally and realistically at this point now? And then how does your philosophy kind of flow into all of that stuff? Yeah, hundred percent, man. And, and thank you so much for the kind words. I appreciate it. So for me, like I, I generally like to ask, it's like, who are the people like that I can best serve. And I, I really looked at it and I said, it's, it's kind of like the people like me. And I don't mean like people going for golden tickets or like trying to go on that result. I mean, like more of like Joe, not Joe, the runner. And what that means is like someone who has a lot of priorities in life. Right. So like, you know, for example, like when I was really building up in my ultra career, like, you know, I had a fiance that I wanted to, you know, be there for, I had a full-time job. Like I had all these other priorities in my life and it was a really busy schedule. I travel a lot for work. So, but I still get the training in. 
And a lot of the times when I was kind of, you know, going through the Everyday Ultra podcast, I hear a lot of people with the thing of like, hey, I want to train, but like, it's hard for me to find the time or it's hard for me to like get that in there. or It's hard for me to like figure out how to do this optimally amidst my busy schedule. Um, but they're people who really want to have big ultra running dreams, which is amazing. So my whole kind of thing and who I like to serve is I like people who have big ultra goals, um, who want to complete that even with a busy life. So that was kind of the tagline when I first announced it. it was hit your biggest ultra running goals, even with a busy life. And so like for me, I work with the people, whether they're trying to go for their first 50K or whether they're trying to hit their PR and their 100 miler, it doesn't matter. Um, it's the people who are the people who have the full-time job, but still want to get out on their long runs. It's the people who still have a family, but they still want to also maintain their daily discipline of training, right? It's those people who want to have big ultra goals, but like, and want to be a great ultra runner um, for themselves. And I don't mean like hidden podiums. I mean, like whatever that definition is for them, but also be a great family member, worker, person yeah. in general. Right. And so those are the people I help. So, you know, it's super cool. Like at this point, like, uh, you know, working with, uh, we just signed on client number 24, which is incredible. And so wow. um, it's been just incredible. So we're already almost at capacity, which is just so crazy. Just the short amount of time. And I think, that's a testament to, um, you know, just uh, again, you know, if someone comes to me and they're like, I want to be the best in the world, I'd rather help the person who says, Hey, I just want to finish my first 50 K and show up for my family. I like, I'd rather help that person. Uh, because I think that's the person that, um, I see in myself and I've been there and I want to serve the most. Yeah. Are you, are you, uh, running the coaching aspect by yourself or do you have other, uh, run coaches that are tied in with you at this point. Yeah. So it's just me doing the coaching right now, but mm -hmm. I'm hiring people to help a lot with the back end kind of stuff. So more the operations, logistical stuff, marketing, all that kind of stuff I'm hiring out. Um, because for me, all I really want to focus on is number one, the things I love, which is serving athletes. And number two, um, really just, you know, pour my whole energy into them. And the only way that I can really do that, and this is for any business owner, as you know, it's like the only way you can focus on the things that you love and really move the needle forward is you need to build a team around it. So um, I'm hiring other people to take on all the other operational aspects of the business, just so I can focus mostly on coaching. Um, so it's just me coaching right now. I don't see for the foreseeable future. I'll add on another coach because again, I really, I, I like having that personal touch with the athletes. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the model right now. You know what I, what I find interesting and what I I'm curious about is, you know, we, we I referenced you have the, your everyday ultra podcast. Yeah. And I know that in your podcast, you're not only talking to runners about, their experiences, you know, kind of like, like what we do here in their journey along into trail running and all that stuff. But you're also talking about the nutrition base and how to, you know, taper and, you know, your peak seasons, off seasons, like you had just said, like, do you feel that some of your clientele is, is also being serviced through, through the podcast, right? Like it's, and it has, has, the pod, because you've obviously had the podcast for a few years now. Has do you feel like the podcast has really helped you take that that step into coaching because you've had so many of those educational conversations? Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And I, it's such a good question because I started the podcast really early on in my ultra running. Like I had done. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the time we had a conversation, it was mostly a transition from. uh 
from, yeah, from going from, oh my gosh, yeah, wow. So I was coming from like the Ironman world and everything, and yeah, I yep. wanted to dive into the ultra world. So I started the Everyday Ultra podcast because I had questions. Like I was just curious and I didn't know, you know, shit about fuck when I first started. So basically, <laughs> what I did was like I would have on people um, and just ask them questions for my own curiosity. And I, my, my, theory was that if I ask the questions for myself, there's going to be other people out there who have the same exact questions. And I think that was a cool like aspect of the show is like, I was asking questions that the listeners would ask. Whereas, you know, what I've also kind of tried to balance now is like, now that, you know, I've gone through all these years of learning and like chatting with people, like, you know, and I've started to get more into solo cast episodes where I implement the stuff that I've learned and everything like that. I've gone through certifications, which is great, but like, you know, uh, I think it's like, I was the listener when I first started, which was super cool. (laughs) And over the years I've gained all this information. And what's super cool is like, I've learned from the guests too, but the guests have learned as well. And so now where I thought coaching became such a good thing is like, how can I take everything that I've learned, not only from the guests, but like my own journey and give it into them way that's personalized because here's the thing, all the information's out there. It's free. You can listen to the podcast. You can go there. It doesn't even cost you a dime. You can listen to all the information. But the problem is when it comes to optimal training, um, like I'm I'm not the biggest fan of standardized training plans at all. And it's not because I'm just saying this because I want people to use me as a coach. I'm just saying in general, because standardized training plans don't take into account your fitness. They don't take into account your schedule. They don't take into account the day-to-day stress levels that you have. And I really think in order to have the optimal things, you need to have someone to create a personalized program for you to kind of do that. So like for me, it's like I have all the information in Everyday Ultra, which is great. If you want to take it to that next level where you really can optimize the information for your own personal needs, which is really the crux of my coaching is it's highly personalized, highly in-depth. I make sure it fits with your schedule. I'm high like touch. So I'm always like contacting the athletes. Um, That is where I want to go. So it's like, yeah, you can learn all the information, but if you want someone to package it, personalize it, that's where, where I can come in. So some people have come to me, they're like, Hey, I'm fine. listening to the podcast. I'm like, great. That's awesome, man. Like, that's awesome. Like I'll keep putting out the content. I'm never going to gatekeep anything. Like I think that's, that's the one thing I don't like about some coaches and some gurus out there is like, they, they don't give the information away for free. And I'm like, why not pay for play type of thing? You know, it's like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've never been into that too. And I think that's what's very unique with the way I've seen your progression with everything, right. Is through the podcast has kind of spawned the, you know, more of the ultra you know, side of things have just spawned the coaching side of things and, and how everything has kind of played in it, which I, again, which is one of the biggest reasons I wanted to catch up with you is because it's, I've seen that progression as it's gone through. Right. And I've, I've, I, you know, I, I'm a listener of, of your show and, and it's, it's interesting to see how you, you will be talking about, you know, uh, I can't even think of a, great example right now at this point, but you'll be talking on, on two weeks, you'll be talking about nutrition or pacing or whatever it is. Next thing you know, you're at an event with, with somebody like Sally or, or Sarah Ostaduski or whoever it is. And you're, you're, you're kind of living that same conversation you just had on, on the podcast. So I think it's been really cool to kind of see that. And I definitely want to, for any of my listeners who have not heard Joe's show everyday ultra, you should go check it out. It's it's very cool. And and if you're going to listen to another trail running show, that's not mine. Definitely Joe's is the way to do it. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate and, 
And, and I will say on top of that, congratulations, because I always see you ranked in the top like 15 or 20 of running podcasts, which is awesome for you. Like, <laughs> Thank you, to, man. To know that. how, to know, like, again, I'll, I'll, we'll call it small business, man. It's like to see another small business owner that I know, right. That's, that's doing so well in the, in the space is, is amazing. And it's, it's awesome to, it, it shows the, the type of person you are and the commitment you're putting into your craft to make this happen and stuff. So it's really cool. And I, um, it's, it's been awesome to see that progression, you know, through these last couple of years that I've, that I've known you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. That means a lot, man. And, uh, you know, even to see you succeeding with the races that you're putting on and the experience you're creating. And even earlier in the conversation when you were talking about how, like, you know, your, your company's doing and everything. And man, I, I love that, man. I, I love connecting with people who are making dreams happen and that's you. And, uh, it's so cool that, you know, you're also employing your skills and your knowledge and, you know, your capabilities to help, you know, dreams come true. Cause I think that's like the coolest thing about, you know, running businesses is like, you know, you're in the business. I mean, granted, like, you know, there is the UTMB kind of fiasco right now, which like, is just so ridiculous. They're not, you know, I will publicly say like, they're, you know, making some questionable choices for sure. Yeah. Anywho, but like when it comes to people like you who are, you know, putting on local races and coaches out there who are serving athletes, like I love, you know, we're not just in the business of running, we're in the business of helping people achieve their dreams. And I think that's just the coolest thing ever. And, you know, to be a part of that's awesome. And the coolest thing too, is, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, like my whole ethos and mantra is like building skills to be the person that you want to be. And like, where I'm at with coaching, it's so cool because like, you know, I have all this knowledge and kind of done all this stuff, but I started at a place where I didn't have that knowledge. Like I didn't have it. I was a newbie. Like I had barely run one mile. And so it's so like, and again, I, I don't say this to brag. I say this because it's like the human element is to adapt. And like, I've always had this goal to like be a coach and be an entrepreneur and to like, see it come. And it comes with time. Like, you know, I, I think I think the thing that really held me back in my early years was like, I wanted it now. Like I wanted it like today. Yeah. And um, I think over time I've learned like, you know, as long as you put in the daily work, like you will get the result, even if it's a year, two years, three years down the road. Um, and, and that applies to running. It applies to business. It applies to relationships. It's all about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. And over time that'll stack. And so, um, and eventually you just get, to, it's cool. Cause like, you know, I got to this point and like, I had to take a step back. I was like, wait, like, oh my gosh, like I'm living the dream that I once like the life that I dreamed of, like this yeah. is insane. And so, um, but you know, it came with a lot of hard work and tears and ups and downs and failures and lessons. And, um, I think like, that's the beauty of life. Like life is so beautiful because we get to like go through our goals and no, no goal is worth going to, unless you like really eat shit a few times. And let me tell you, I've had a buffet of shit a few times. Here and, yeah, uh, we're here. making it happen. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I, well, I think that's, if you want to be successful in anything you do, you're going to have to eat a bucket of shit every now and then. I think that's, yeah, the... man, dude, <laughs> it's terrible, but like, it's also sick at the same time. Cause you're like, 100%. Wow, like, I went through that. Like, I'm sure you can relate as a business owner. It's just, you know, like going, like someone said a quote to me recently that I just love. And I've been thinking about lately is like playing the game of life is so beautiful playing the game of life is so beautiful. So like when I'm in the moments and even at Javelino and I like, let me tell you, I was in some dark spots. I remember telling myself, I was like, playing the game of life is so beautiful. Like even in the dark moments. And I think that's, uh, that's just the awesome thing about any big accomplishment that you set your yeah. mind out. To. It's just a beautiful on the way. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, it's it's kind of like you, you kind of talk about that. I was thinking of, I was talking to a friend of mine who did have Alina as well, um, who's here in San Diego, and she she DNF'd and mm. and she uh she was going for the 100 mile DNF'd and her whole entire thing is the what she took away from it and it, that she got a kick out of it was she saw Courtney DeWalter on course with her mom and Courtney and her kind of chatted a little bit and she's like you know what I might not have done that great in in the event but I had a chance to experience that and and that's what the trail like, trail community is all about like somebody like Courtney is taking time to say hi to me and like it's a, again she was like I was such a shitty place when I was in that zone of yes I'm going to DNF this sucks and then she ended up seeing Courtney and like it it for her it was like you know what that's cool. Like I'm, I'm cool with it. I'll, I'll come back, you know, I'll do it whatever. So it's, it, you know, it's going back to it. It's it, uh, sometimes you go through the dark, dark spaces, but there's always that, that silver lining, I guess, when, and things you got to look at. And sometimes you got to eat a bucket of shit to, to, to get to the the good food, I guess. So, um, yeah. And, and, and like that moment with Courtney, that's so cool that she got to have it, but it's like, you know, sometimes like, you know, when you're struggling, like you sometimes forget, like there's beauty in those, right? hundred uh, you know, percent. Yeah. In that DNF, she got to meet yeah. the greatest runner of our generation. Like yeah. how cool is that? Like, even when you're out on the trail and you're miserable, like look up where you're at, like, look at the scenery, uh, 100%. Like, we're outdoors, like we're out enjoying it. And so I think you, we got to train our brains to like, really focus on the good. And I know that's like such a cliche, but like our brain, are, our brains are literally wired to look at the bad things. Like that's oh, yeah. this. And so we got to train our brain to like, again, see the beauty of the game of life and not just, you know, just to stick with the analogy that we played a shit in front of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, did I see, uh, are you starting another podcast with Sarah or no? Is that, did I make that up completely? So yeah, so interesting. Yeah. So we were doing like a series for a while where we were doing kind of like a monthly like recap episode and everything like that. And okay. so we 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 both had kind of crazy busy summers. Like she's been okay. racing and oh my gosh, shout so out she's to been every, she's been everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like one Ure 100, one Coca Dona, um, yeah. just crushing out there, completed run rabbit run. Like she's just been just out there, absolutely crushing. She pays Sally too, um, pays Sally for almost 50 miles, which is amazing. Yeah. So um, but yeah, like we we were like uh, piloting a show idea where we were doing like a monthly series and, you know, Sarah and I, and even her sister, Melissa have, have just become just awesome friends over, over the past few years, which is, which has just been so special. And every time I have a conversation with them, uh, they're so fun. I know you've had Sarah on the show too. And, you know, she's such a blast. Uh, she's so cool. Such a talented runner. And so, um, you know, it's, it was cool to have them on. So we'll, we might, we might bring that back for sure. It was, it was a little bit of a test and things kind of got a little, crazy with scheduling, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it de- she'll definitely be back on the pod and solar sister for sure. Well, it's, it's tough. I, I think when you go from, from being a solo host to having to work with somebody else's schedule to be a co-host with something, right. It becomes a little bit, a little bit trickier as far as making sure everybody's on the same page. So I, I, I mean, it's cool that you're trying it out and, and seeing if it, you can make it work as far as like small little segments and stuff, but um, yeah, man, it's, it's cool. I, like, again, you just, you've got so much shit going on and it's, it's awesome to see everything that's kind of playing out in the way that it is for you. It's awesome, man. So thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. And yeah, like the thing with the schedules too, it's even on me too. I mean, like I've, I've been traveling a lot. I've been just doing X, Y, and Z and 
doing yeah. the stuff as well. So like, really, I think most of it just kind of came on down on me from like availability and scheduling perspective. And, um, you know, so it's also, I, I think it's definitely a hundred percent on me in terms of that. But like, I think we're getting to a place now where I'm just, again, starting to build the systems to manage the chaos in the life. And, yeah. um, and it's all good chaos. It's not like, you know, things are on fire. It's just, you know, things are messy and that's, that's what happens, but we're, we're cleaning it up, which is great. So who knows, maybe the uh, Bill, Melissa and Sarah show will, will be back. So we'll see. (laughs) So the most important question, I guess, is fiance gonna do the wedding during off season, or are you going to have to slide that into regular in season running? (laughs) Or are you going to make her, are you going to make her wait all the way till next off season? That's the big question, I guess. (laughs) So put you on spot. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So I, it is my 100% choice to really not get too far into training before the wedding. So like for context, the wedding's January 20th right now, it's November 9th. I told myself that I would give at least two months of unstructured training. So like November and December is pretty much going to be, um, unstructured training, which is nice. And I'm not going to dive in. And then around January, I'll start training. Now our wedding's January 20th. So even so, like, and we're going to a honeymoon after that, I promised myself and I promised to her that basically from then until the end of the honeymoon, like I'm going to be very lax on the training because, you know, shout out to my fiance. She's incredible. And she's so, so supportive. And one of the ways that she supports me so much is like, she, she knows like the commitment it takes to like really try and train at, at the level that I want to. And so, you know, she, she has to, you know, uh, unfortunately sometimes deal with me being out for like six hours on end for a long run or like, you know, doing all these kind of things. And so, um, for me, I, you know, again, in the spirit of diving into the other priorities in your life, like in lieu of running in the off season, I'm, I'm choosing to stay, you know, uh, you know, prioritize on the marriage and spending my time with her. And even on the honeymoon, like, I don't want it to be a thing where it's like, I got to wake up tomorrow and run. It's like, no, wake up. Like we're going to wake up in the same bed together. We're going to have breakfast together. Like that's what it's meant for. And, um, for me, that's, that's ever more important than any training I could possibly get in at that point uh, in time. So that's, that's how I'm thinking about it for sure. And yeah, I got, I am already starting to craft together my plans for next year. So, um, yeah, I, I think right after the honeymoon, it'll be back to game time for sure. Nice man. Is she one that understands so I said, I'll, I'll preface this because my wife is in the medical industry and I don't, I don't want to say I force her to work my races, but it's kind of a very nice, subtle, like push to come and help me out at my events. <laughs> so is your fiance, like she's not in, she's not a runner herself directly, right? It's she's probably enjoy it goes out and enjoys it, but I don't think she's into it as much as you are. And I could be wrong. I'm just basing that off of Instagram stuff that I see. Does she, does she kind of understand the whole entire progress of, okay, off season. Now I got to really get into training, but I want to go out and do something like, like how does, how involved is she with, with how your schedule plays out? Yeah. So, you know, interestingly enough, she's actually running her first 50 K race on Saturday. Oh, which is right. so She's running her first 50 K first 50 K race here, uh, at the past mountain 50 K, which is super exciting. So it's awesome. I'm going to be there and supporting her and cheering her on. They don't allow crew pacers. So I, I, I can, if I could, I hundred percent would, but I'll be there start to finish for the entire day rooting her on. So, yeah, I mean, she understands it and she's, you know, she's training for this ultra. It's like That's her awesome. first official one. She's done like a, a lot of Spartan races and OCR races in the past. Okay. And she also is a personal trainer, like where she, 
helps client with strength training and movement training. So she understands, yeah, she understands the grind. She understands the concepts. And like, I think that's one of the reasons why, like I, you know, asked her to marry me is because I, I think when you're an endurance athlete, you have to be with someone who gets it. Like you, you just do like, and um, you know, I'm not here to give like marriage advice or couples advice or anything, but like in the reality of things like with endurance sports, like it, it, there's a lot of time that kind of goes into it. And even if like, they don't understand it from like a, why are you doing a perspective? It's like, they they're supportive enough to really, you know, be a kind of part in that and like not resent it. And like, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying this to discourage anyone from who they're currently with. Um, I think it's just, and this goes with like any goal in life where it's like, if, you know, you're trying to run an ultra, you're trying to build a business If like someone, if it's hard for them to understand, or they resent you for it, or like they try and drag you away for it, like, that's, that's going to slowly eat away at the relationship. And then you are going to resent that person too. So if you have someone who's like stoked about what you're doing, who is like supporting it. And I don't mean like be a martyr because like, for me, like I'm, you know, it'd be unfair to me if I was like training 12 hours a day and I wasn't showing up around the house, like you still got to show up. And that doesn't mean like you get the hall pass to do whatever the hell you want. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but you need to have someone who at least has an understanding to like, no, it's like, Oh, I got to go out and run for a six hour run. It's like, I get it. And, um, I, she gets it fully. And I think that's the thing that's like allowed us to to be together so well. And, you know, she's played such a huge role in allowing me to achieve my dreams. And, you know, I couldn't be even a quarter of the man that I am today without her. And I think that comes with her understanding of it. And yeah. And then this, this Saturday, it's super cool. Like, uh, you know, I get to get to flip the sides of the table and on the other side of the the tape, which is awesome. (laughs) Well, Joe, I want to thank you again for taking some time and uh coming on and and again i i can't say how excited i am for for everything that you're you've got going on and for everything that you're doing you know personally and professionally right now it's awesome to see that that progress like i said before and and i'm I'm stoked and it's it's awesome so thank you for just taking a few minutes and and sorry to the people that are waiting in the bathroom line for you to get out of the stall. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. For for those listening right now, yeah, I'm 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 in this like uh I don't even know what this is freaking called right now. It's like some some, I don't know, meeting box in like the Sheraton downtown Phoenix. I just got speaking <laughs> off stage and uh traffic was just maniacal here. So uh I had to had to take the call here. So yeah, it's a uh, Good thing there's a toilet right here. I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, like wait, I, I've 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 edited out all the flushes that have gone on during. There you the go. Entire- <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. And dude, I appreciate all you're doing for the trail running community. I think it's amazing what you're doing. Anyone listening, like, totally suggest to sign up for one of your races and you know be a part of your community and everything because you're doing something special. And uh, just know that, like, you know, I appreciate that. The community appreciates that. And uh, yeah, man, uh, anyone who runs your race, I know will have a great experience. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. The Trail Life Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Stoner. Music is provided by The Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. You can rate, review, and subscribe to this episode and the entire Trail Life Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast episodes. Thank you again for listening in, and we'll see you out on the trails real soon.